Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Aaron Summers. We are wrapping up our look around the NFC South with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Lots of new out of the Bucks this offseason with quarterback Tom Brady retiring and unretiring, Rosarian stepping down as the head coach, and Todd Bowles taking over. The Bucks have six first round picks, 27th in round one, 60 in round two, one each in round three and four, and then two in round seven. Happy to welcome in Jenna Lane, ESPN NFL Nation reporter for the Bucks. She joins John DeShazer and I to break down the Bucks ahead of the NFL draft April 28th. Jenna, thank you so much for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast. It's always fun to have you. You are very up on the Tampa Bay Bucks, and, and that's what we're here for today. We want to know what they're looking at in this draft. So first of all, how are you doing today? Doing well. I don't know how much of a break you've had this offseason, Aaron, but I know for me, it's just been so crazy with so much happening, right? Like between Bruce Arians, or I should say really starting with Tom Brady retiring yeah. and then Bruce Arians uh, retiring and then Tom Brady coming out of retirement. And um, it, it's just been, there's been so much. And then Todd Bowles being named the head coach, there hasn't been a, a dull moment and then you look around the league, too, with all the quarterback movement that's been going on. It's I can't remember an offseason ever like this. It's just really there hasn't been a break. There hasn't been a let up. Yeah, it feels like there's been so much movement across the board. A lot of teams, obviously, we dealt with a head coaching change as well. Um, and then our quarterback situation also finally getting that guy and Jameis Winston for the Bucks. They have four picks in the first four rounds. Those first two are number 27 and 60 overall. What do you think the Bucks are looking to do there? Well, obviously, they're not going to be solely in control of their destiny here because of the fact that they are picking at number 27. But based on just where some of the guys traditionally, the positions traditionally kind of fall there and just some of the guys that will be available, um, uh, well, I first should say that, that GM Jason Light, his draft philosophy is that it, it's really about, and a lot of other teams share this, it's where need and um, best available kind of meet. And so he was very, you know, very adamant that he would not push a player up his draft board if there was potentially, uh, because of need, if there was potentially, a, you know, maybe a, a really good player that was available at another position that may have not been at a perceived need. So uh, with that in mind, um, you know, unlike previous years, the Bucks actually come into this draft with some clear holes. Last year, they resigned all 22 starters on offense and defense. And this year, they still haven't found a replacement for Indomitian Sioux. And they also don't know the status of tight end Rob Gronkowski. So those are two big holes to fill. And you look at the tight end position, the Bucks only have two players under contract at tight end and Cam Brate, who's not known for being a, a blocker. And then you've got Cody McElroy, who just doesn't have really any experience. And so they have to address that somewhere. Um, if you talk to a lot of these, the, the folks that, that are evaluating talent around the league, the strength of this class may not be as far as tight end goes in the top rounds, but more so the, the later rounds, the mid to later rounds, there's, there's some quality depth later on. And in the defensive tackle position, there's not a lot of great guys. There's some good guys, though, available at the top, but they will probably be gobbled up. So with that in mind, you know, I think you would you would want to look at a guy like Devontae Wyatt. I think he's certainly an option for them at that defensive tackle position. Um, he, he kind of I think you watch his tape. He, he's really kind of one of the more complete guys. I, I know his teammate at, at Georgia, uh, Jordan Davis, has been getting a lot of love. 
Um, you know, he's, he's certainly a, a tremendous player too, but I, I think Wyatt probably would be available in that, that number 27 range. Then you also look at a guy like Logan Hall, who I know has had interest from the Bucks. Perry on Winfrey's another guy, you know, and that, that's when you start to get, you know, outside of maybe the first round there. Um, you also have to address the guard position. Now the Bucks were able to do that just a little bit. Um, they, they lost though two in free agency. Like it wasn't just Ali Marpet that retired. They also lost. Alex Kappa too. So they were able to trade for track Shaq Mason and that certainly helped them, but they've got another guard vacancy that they still have to kind of fill. And they've got a few guys on their roster. Robert Hainsey was a draft pick last year. That's certainly a guy that, that could compete for that spot. Um, so Aaron Stinney as well, he filled in uh, for Alex Kappa during the playoffs two years ago when Kappa fractured his leg and, and did really well in the final two playoff games. Um, and then Nick Leverett, although I, I think Nick Leverett's strength is really um, as a backup and that he can play literally every position along the offensive line, which is so rare. So um, I think it's possible that they could take a guard in that spot too. Um, you know, I, I think looking at that spot, Zion Johnson's a guy that, that comes to mind as somebody who could be available right there. Um, Kenyon Green as well, Texas A&M, and Cole Strange out of Chattanooga if you're getting down the list a little bit more. Um, so I would look there. But, but at the same time, you also, you, again, you don't know who's going to kind of fall into your lap at, at different positions. So it also wouldn't shock me if the Bucks drafted even a wide receiver. I know that sounds crazy because they have a, a pretty deep receiver room and they addressed it in free agency. Uh, Russell Gage was, a, uh, I think, a terrific addition. They also brought back Rashad Perryman. But if you get like a Traylon Burks that kind of falls into your lap there, yeah, absolutely. Or Chris Olave out of Ohio State. He's definitely a, an option or, you know, Lewis sign uh, out of Georgia, that safety, I could definitely see him being on the Bucks radar at 27. And I know for a fact that they did bring him in for a, a free or a, a, I almost said a free agent visit. My mind's still on free agency on, on a top 30 visit. So he's, he's certainly in play there, I think too. So it, it's really not necessarily one position that they'll look at at 27. It's a mixture of positions, but you know, they, they've got several needs. They could go a number of different ways. You talked about maybe the middle part of the draft being a, a lot more depth as far as positions and, and people there. Do you think there's a possibility that the Bucks would trade down at all? Absolutely. I mean, Jason Light has traded in this in his history as general manager. Um, he's traded in, in drafts 13 times. I mean, that's I would be I'd be shocked if he didn't trade. And, you know, there's a lot of talk, as you mentioned, um, from from folks around the league who's who know far more about this stuff and evaluating talent than I do. Um, you know, they dedicate their lives to it and um, working for, for a number of teams got to give those, those folks a lot of credit because they, it, it's what they do year round. So the scouting departments of these organizations are really the engines that make things go. Um, a, a lot of them have said, it's not one of those years you have in like the first round per se, but like the value is really on like to depth. That may make things even more exciting um, for, for those of us that are going to be watching it so closely. Um, you know, I'd also throw running back in there too, even though the books, they, they re-signed Leonard Fournette. And um, I know folks in your neck of the woods are very fond of him. Um, they re-signed him to a long, and, and he is going to be the number one guy, but Giovanni Bernard, who is that pass catching running, re-signed him to a one-year deal at veteran, veteran minimum. I think they're looking for, uh, more youth in that spot. 
And they have done a ton of, ton of running backs there. So um, I would expect them maybe, maybe, maybe not in the second round, third round, maybe um, you could get into three as well. And I would expect them to probably address that position. And we were kind of hoping that that quarterback would actually quit who came back. But could there be a prospect that the Bucks might look for in this draft? Because I would imagine at some point, He's going to have to retire. He is. And I think the way the Bucks have to approach it is that I think you go into it thinking this is Tom Brady's last year. I know they're not doing this year's quarterbacks, though. And I think that's one of the reasons why they're very happy that they selected Kyle Trask in the second round of last year when a lot of people said, hey, you have needs out. But you know the philosophy. You hear it a lot you don't want to have to draft a quarterback. Like you don't want to, you don't want to draft a quarterback when you have to draft a quarterback. It's, it's always best to kind of draft one and see how he pans out, how he's coming along and maybe take the pressure off of him versus, okay, we're drafting him. This is the guy because gosh, who wants to follow Tom Brady? That's such a tough act to follow for anybody. Just like it's a tough act to follow Drew Brees in New Orleans. Um, although James Winston certainly is, is no stranger to the pressure of playing that position, being that he was a Heisman Trophy winner and a, and a first overall draft pick. But they're happy with the way Kyle Trask is developing. And um, I know they also re-signed backup Ryan Griffin. I would be surprised if they didn't bring back Wayne Gabbert, too, to have four, four quarterbacks in the mix. I, I don't know if they want to inject any more youth in the position, though, because I think, you know, their focus right now is really on trying to develop Kyle and, and giving him – more opportunities to compete for that backup spot. Last year, he was running the scout team. He really needs to take it up a notch this year and, and try to compete for that backup job so that they can have a little more assurance for when Tom does retire. I know the Bucks are picking at 27, and I know the Saints said the same thing when they were at 18, and they'll probably say the same thing at 16 and, and, and you know 19 in terms of picking best available there. Uh, but with glaring holes, I mean, do you, will you be able – will the will the Bucks? or Saints for that matter, I guess, be able to pick best available when you know you have some glaring needs and you can get someone who can step in. Maybe, you you know, maybe reach a little bit, but, you know, not so much that it's that it's glaring. Well, it's interesting because I go back to when the Bucks selected Jordan Whitehead in the fourth round of the NFL draft a few years ago, and he's since moved on to New York. They had an opportunity to draft Erwin James that year and the first round and everybody pegged the Bucks to do that. But I give them a lot of credit for being patient with that and saying, no, we, we feel like we can get a valuable player later on. And Whitehead became a, a four-year starter. And instead, they went and they, they traded down and they got Vita Vea. And defensive tackle was an area that they perceived as need, but maybe everybody else didn't. But they feel like they got a generational type of a talent. And when he's been healthy, he's certainly made a big impact on this defense. But I will say that their needs line up pretty well with this draft. The fact that, you know, they could get at 27, they could get a quality guard, they could get a quality defensive tackle, um, although it could be challenging because you don't know how many are going to go. And it's not one of those years where you've got, you know, four quarterbacks that are that are kicking things off and then that pushes all the other positions down. So um, but but I think their needs line up pretty well in this draft and even at the 27th spot. Um, look, Todd Bowles is a, is a former defensive back himself. Um, I could certainly see him doing that. I mean, he selected two safeties in one draft, remember? So I think that uh, it, it wouldn't shock me if they, again, went at that spot, if they went, you know, they took a defensive back in that spot and you could possibly get one of, if not the top, you know, safety talent there at that, at that 27 position. And I would also say this, they're not entirely pigeonholed 
into, say, taking that defensive tackle. I know I mentioned that Sue, they didn't replace him. And while that's certainly a concern, because the, the one lasting image that I have from the 2021 season is when Todd Bowles, now he called cover zero and he got a lot of flack for that. And, and folks can have their opinions on, on the call there. But it was the fact that they didn't get to the quarterback. They didn't get to Matthew Stafford. And they surrendered that, that last minute field goal that, of course, sent the Rams on in the postseason and the Rams won the Super Bowl. That kind of stuff sticks in a coach's mind like Todd Bowles. And so that's why I could see them going and trying to get that, that difference maker up front. So it'll be interesting to see, though, if, if, you know, again, Wyatt, I think, would be a perfect fit for them. It'll be interesting to see if he's available. But if not, they do have some other options. How good do the Bucks feel or how good have they been with, with, I guess, developing undrafted talent? Because I know that's been something that the Saints have been able to do over the years. How good and confident do the Bucks feel in that area? You know, I, I think their coaching staff has gotten a lot better overall at, at developing all of their talent. Because I, I will tell you, a few years ago, before Bruce Arians came along, I didn't feel that there was great synergy with what the, the scouting department was bringing in. Um, and even the pro personnel department, you know, bringing in free agents and things like that versus like what the coaching staff wanted. And, and it wasn't until Arians' staff kind of came along and now, of course, Bulls' staff that I feel like they're bringing in guys that, you know, they're press corners in college and you're asking them to press at the next level. They were having this thing where they were taking these press corners and expecting them to play zone coverage. And, and that wasn't necessarily what these guys were comfortable with. Carlton Davis became, I think, a completely different player when suddenly he's out there and he's getting his hands on guys at the line of scrimmage. You saw some great battles between him and Michael Thomas, right? Like when, when he can disrupt the timing of those routes, that's when he's really at his best. Now, granted, you can't play man and you can't press on every single snap, but you got to kind of cater to what guys do. So I, I think they've done a good job as far as now, obviously he's a draft pick, so he's not an undrafted player, but I think they've done a great job as far as bringing other guys along. You know, Cyril Grayson is a guy um, who you guys are familiar with as well in, in your neck of the woods. Um, you know, he, he really shined this year and um, you know, he caught that game winning touchdown in the final seconds against the New York jets. And the, and he also had a, a touchdown, um, on Halloween at New Orleans as well. And, and this is a guy that, that he had like hardly any targets going into that, but obviously they had so many injuries at the wide receiver position, but he was able to step in when his number was called. And I think that that's a testament. I think Kevin Garver, their wide receivers coach has done a terrific job, but it's also a testament to, you know, having a quarterback like Tom Brady, making everybody feel like, Hey, I could be calling on you at any moment in time. Um, and, and, you know, I remember Cyril, telling me like, man, like last year he was writing me so hard. And this is when he was a practice squad player. And he's like, why is this guy being so tough on me? And Tom told him it's because you have this talent. I just, I want to pull it out of you. But Tom also said uh, later on that he told me that, you know, he really believes in creating these pressure type situations in practice where guys that maybe aren't getting reps and games he still needs to be able to know who he can count on. So he's trying to simulate that pressure in practice. I thought that was really interesting. I don't know if Drew Brees has ever put guys on the spot like that. I'd, I'd certainly be interested in, in knowing that. I, I hadn't heard of many other quarterbacks doing that, but but that's Tom's way of kind of testing people. So, um, you know, I think though developing a guy like Cyril Grayson, who had been with a number of teams, he's finally kind of found success in Tampa. Don't know where he's going to be on the depth chart this year, but they were really happy with him last year. Uh, Nick Leverett's a, a guy that, has really come a long way and was able to, you know, start last year for them against the Colts. So, 
they've, they've got some guys that they've been able to develop. I think they're doing a better job of it that they, than they were, you know, in previous years. Speaking of Tom and his return, what's the feeling around the fan base been and how excited are people that he's coming back? Well, for about 40 days, I would get these periodic texts from my mother and <laughs> she would tell me, and she had a very hard time kind of coping with this. And I think, I think a lot of Bucks fans did because with the pandemic, it was like, you know, they didn't get to really go to the games. A limited number of fans were able to go to games. You know, they, they did have the luxury of having an outdoor stadium. So they were able to open up a little bit quicker than some other teams, but it was like only, only so many fans could go. And so it was almost like it took so long for the reality to sink in that, oh my gosh, Tom Brady's the quarterback here. And then it's like, before they knew it, he retired. And my mom would text me and she'd be like, I feel like he broke up with us. And I'd have to remind her, you know, hey, he gets to spend more time with his family. I know you can appreciate that. We all can. These guys sacrifice so much to be able to play this game and their family sacrifice a lot. So um, it, it's interesting because I so many people at the combine were like, what's going to happen with the Bucks at quarterback? What's going to happen with quarterback? Even members of the coaching staff are like, we don't know what's going to happen at the quarterback position. And then Tom comes back. And, you know, I was a little surprised by that, I have to say, because you know, when you make a promise like that, that, okay, promise to your family, I'm going to be, I'm going to be home. I'm going to, I'm going to be present. I'm, I'm going to kind of assume this new role in my life. It's difficult to kind of go back on that. But at the same time, um, you got to give his family a lot of credit because it's very clear. He feels like he still has more left to give to the game. And he was certainly playing some of his best football the last couple of years. And, and the joy is still there the Bucks would have this weekly quarterback competition on Friday afternoons. And I remember the very last one they had this year and he looked just as excited and just as happy to be there and, and made it a point to let everybody know that he won that one. Um, he looked just as excited and happy to be there as he was the first time I saw him take the field in Tampa. So, um, but, but I do think everyone knows, look, tomorrow wasn't promised with him. He's committed to one more year. I know Tom said he did not want that retirement tour like Ben Roethlisberger had this year, but I think we can all say, all right, you know, this, this could definitely be his last year in Tampa. Certainly don't take tomorrow for granted and just savor, savor the time that you have and, and just enjoy the ride while you can. Speaking of how the team dynamic is right now, the pieces that you have now and what you could potentially have with the draft, how do you think the Bucks are set up for this next season? Well, I mean, depending on how they address the holes, and I think a lot of people think Rob Gronkowski is going to come back, but time is ticking. And I think I would have probably expected him to come back already, but I know he has a lot of other endeavors he does. He has this second booming career as a spokesperson, as an entertainer. He He's tremendous on television. Um, I, I certainly wish I could have, you know, his sense of humor and, and just his candidness and his goofiness on television. It's it's so endearing. He's so natural and, and confident just being himself. Everybody loves him. Um, and, and he's going to be at the draft having a Gronk beach party. So uh, I thought that's interesting. Maybe I should have, maybe I should have requested to go cover that instead of covering it down here. I'm, yeah. I'm sure he's having it. <laughs> a really good time, um, especially being that it's in Vegas, right? Sure. Uh, yeah, but I would have expected him already to come back. But, but the general feeling around here is, okay, yeah, he's probably going to come back. But but he's he's even said he doesn't want to do multi-year deals at this point in his career. He's going to take it one year at a time, literally. And so mm -hmm. uh, you got to kind of look towards the future. But, you know, I think if they can address some of those areas, like getting that pass rush, they said this offseason they want to get quicker and younger on that interior pass rush. 
Um, and we know how aggressive Todd Bowles likes to be on defense. Um, I think if they can do that, you know, they, they can be a, they can be a big threat, but I will also say this, their schedule is one of the toughest. Now we don't know the actual schedule, but the list mm -hmm. of opponents that they have outside of their division is one of the toughest I've ever seen. I mean, they've got the Bengals, the Rams, they've got, um, who else do they have? Bengals, Rams. Um, I mean, they've got both Super Bowl teams. I don't have a schedule in front of me, so you'll have to bear with me. Obviously, they've got their divisional opponents too, but you know, they just got a number of, of really good teams. They've got the Chiefs as well. Uh, they've got the Packers. I mean, already you're, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a pretty good group already. So um, it's going to be really tough for them. So uh, I know that's why they're really excited to have Brady back, but it's, it's definitely not going to be a cakewalk. And you know, it's certainly going to be interesting with the changing of the guard in, in the NFC South. It's it's crazy how much change has happened in the last few years between quarterbacks and, and also head coaches. Mm -hmm. It's going to be an interesting year for a lot of our teams in this division, for sure. Thank you so much for giving us some insight on the Bucks. you know, the leading up to the draft and the season all together. It's always good to talk to you. Always good to catch up with you too, Aaron. Lots of information from Jenna, as always. Enjoy having her on. You can follow her on Twitter at Jenna Lane ESPN. That's J-E-N-N-A-L-A-I-N-E ESPN. Next week on the podcast, we'll talk Saints and then do a general overview of the draft before it all kicks off on Thursday. John DeShazer and I will also have a draft preview show that will run on NewOrleansaints.com ahead of the draft. So stay on the lookout for that. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a great weekend. And because we're all loving everything going on with the Pelicans right now, go Pels.